Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. As a traveler, it's a fact you're going to need to manage your spending in different currencies. You need a service that not only helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast, but also does it without the hidden fees or exchange rate markups. This is where WISE comes in. WISE is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. I've been a customer for over a decade. It's been a lifesaver for me as a traveler, a nomad, and now a permanent resident abroad. If you're a traveler who's still using your regular bank, you need to check this out. Join 16 million customers and learn how the WISE account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash travel. That's wise.com slash travel. Thank you to WISE for supporting today's show. This episode of Zero to Travels brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. And, you know, I'm not the greatest musician. I'm not the greatest singer, soloist, or whatever. I'm not, that's not me. But I feel like the way I connect through music is through my words and that's my goal in life is like, I'm happy when I can make others happy. It's freedom traveling, right? That's why I became a musician. The first reasons why I came into music because that was the only job where you could travel every day. That is today's guest, Andy Frasco, who is back on the podcast for a second time. He is a songwriter and the front man for Andy Frasco and the UN. They have a new album out called Wash rinse and repeat and Andy has been touring and playing music and writing songs for over 15 years and I always admire when people really just pursue their art and do not give up and we get into a host of topics around that today dealing with imposter syndrome how self-imposed constraints can help you finish creative projects how thinking of yourself as a human vessel can make creativity easier and more fun we talk about if these algorithms on some of these channels where you can put music and podcasts and art, do they devalue art? Do they enhance the art? Are they part of the art? We get into that. What jealousy really is and why to be aware of it, how Andy's soul talks to him and why he listens, why it's important to avoid the comparison trap, touring life, some of his favorite cities, and so much more. Plus, I want to share a big takeaway that I had, just really a reminder of an empowering mindset that can help you get your art out there, get your business out there, just get your creativity out to the world. Plus, I want to give a shout out to someone in this community living their best life and how they described it in three simple sentences, which really appealed to the minimalist in me. It's all happening in today's show right now. So buckle up, strap in. Thanks for being here and welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey, what's up? It's Jason here with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for hanging out, letting me bring a little travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience. 
How you doing today, my friend? Uh, just a reminder, you're not alone. You're joining many thousands of people around the world, which is always nice. You're hanging out with a bunch of travelers today. It's like being at a hostel or a big campground. You might be in your own individual cocoon here with your headphones on wherever you're at, but you're still surrounded by those people who love travel. We're all here with you. So welcome, my friend. I love what I'm seeing outside right now here in Norway where I'm based because the fall foliage is breathtaking. It's true. Fall foliage is one of my favorite visuals in nature. I guess you could call me got burnt oranges and uh, these leaves that look like they dried up mustard stain yellow. I don't even know how to describe it, but it's lovely when you look out your window and you see that fall foliage changing. I always appreciate this time of year. It's always a visual reminder of, of course, the seasonal change and how our seasons change in life. Not to get too dramatic, but it's true. I see the leaves change and I think about, hmm, things are changing. Things are always changing. And I'm wondering what's changing for you in life. Or if you just ever want to say hi, I want to remind you, get in touch. Jason at travel.com is my email. You can also leave a voicemail on my voicemail box. I leave a link in all the show notes. I do want to give a shout out to somebody in this listening community who is living their best life and the best part about this email is that they just described it in three simple sentences and I got it right away. I'm just like, oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I can see how you're living your best life. (laughs) It's awesome. Just a quick reminder, stick around after the interview. I'm going to share an empowering mindset that came to mind and a little story that could really help us get our art our businesses or our creativity, the things that we want to get out to the world next. This is a bit of a uh, mentality that I kind of forgot about until I reconnected with this interview with Andy and reflected on some of my past touring experience. So I want to share that on the back end. So stick around for that. Let me just share this listener shout out with you quickly. Debbie, what's up? I'll read a snippet of her email. She said, I started listening to you five years ago. Here come the three sentences now. Actually, four. Now I travel a lot as a house sitter, not for pay, retired teacher minimalist, living my best life. (laughs) That's it. I travel as a house sitter, not for pay, retired teacher minimalist, living my best life. There you go. Debbie summed it up really well there. I love that. Uh, Hey, sometimes it doesn't take a lot of words. I get it. By the way, shout out to all the teachers out there. What an incredible job. What an important job. My daughter started going to school here in Norway and, you know, just reminded me that, uh, I would say teachers and people out there that are on the front lines providing education to kids all over the world. What what an important job for society and for the future. So thank you to all of you. Now, let's slip and slide into this interview with Andy Frasco. I will see you on the other side. What's up, bud? What's going on? How are you? Hey, man. Long time no see. Yeah. It's been a hot second. It has. Are you uh, getting some coffee? Yeah, I've been up. Yeah, I got so much. uh, It's just nonstop work, but but we're here to rock, bud. (laughs) I mean, that is one of the songs on the new album, right? 
All about the work. <laughs> yeah, work, work, work. <laughs> I love it. Where are Never you? In, are you in like Sweden or Norway? Where are you? Norway, Oslo, Norway. Norway. Oslo, hell yeah. Good memory. Are you? Are you guys coming out here at all? Like you got to do a yeah, Europe tour thing. September. We're about to announce like a Europe tour, and uh, it starts in uh, like third week of September. Nice. Is Oslo on the on the it agenda? Isn't. No, I, unless right, we can so, find a gig out there, but no one's given us a gig out there. All right. This is my question because, you know, Craigie is skipping Oslo too. And he's another one of my faves. We talked about him before and I know you're, you're a fan and I, I did get him on the podcast. You did. Sick. And yeah. So now I'm like, I'm going into, cause I used to work as the tour manager and I'm, I'm kind of going into like the mode of, all right. How do I get like all the people that I want to see here? Like, how do I, do I need to become the promotional booker dude or, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's time to make that call, bud. It's, it's on you. You're going to be that promoter, podcaster, everything, bud. And then the, the, you know, cut to like, and he lost all of his money because he only brought the artists he wanted to see. And damn, he spent 10 grand for two people to show up. <laughs> oh, that was it. How you been? Uh, I'm good, bud. Um, yeah. Everything is rocking in full cylinders right now. We, um, we are doing 22 festivals in America this summer. And then we're, um, the podcast is really taken off. And we're like, um, the podcast for like, um, all these big festivals like Bonnaroo and Peach Fest. And so I'm interviewing the headliners for that. And, uh, the new record's going great. People, this is the biggest response I've ever had on a record. So I'm like, I just got to keep my together, drink water and, keep riding the wave. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's all happening all at once, huh? Yeah, I love it, man. You know, it's like you don't you know, when you just put your nose down and do the work for 15 years, you never really look up to see how the progress of your career's been going and finally like taking a deep breath and like, you know, pre or you know, I am appreciating it, but just like taking a deeper breath to like, yeah, appreciate all the hard work I've been doing and it's all finally paying off. So it's awesome. Yeah. Congrats, man. That that's cool that you're doing that because that's one of the hardest things to do. I feel is to actually, you know, realize when, Oh my God, I've actually achieved this dream or like this, you know, whatever the dream is. And then there's like a version of it that actually feels like, okay, I've arrived at this certain point. And, you know, and I feel like in American culture, especially there, there is like the sort of, it's never enough, right? Like what's the next thing? Okay. No, I got, you know, it's gotta be 5 million. It's gotta be platinum, you know? And it's just like, well, hold on. Like I've been working hard for 15 years and all this stuff's happening. Like, let's just appreciate it. That's, that's no small trick. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, you nailed it on the head. I'm always a guy who's never satisfied normally. And, uh, as I get older, I'm like, what I keep telling myself, like, when are you going to be satisfied, bro? (laughs) You've seen the world, you put out records with all your favorite musicians. You got John Craigie knowing who you are now. (laughs) It's like, that's like all the things I ever wanted. And, uh, you know, it's like, we just got to take a step back and realize, um, you know, you don't, yeah, we got it. We got to accept the moment and you know we're always so busy thinking about tomorrow or thinking about uh yesterday that 
it, we never just sit back and say, oh yeah, well this cup of coffee is actually pretty good today. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's nice to, uh, you know, finally be comfortable in my own skin again. Are you more of like the Eastern philosophy, maybe sort of Buddhist mentality, live in the moment kind of thing? I mean, yeah. What is spirituality a part of your own personal philosophy in any way? I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I am such a neurotic. I, I, I tell my, I, you know, I, I listen to all those dudes like Osho and, um, you know, Alan Watts and stuff. I think to, uh, to like have a counter balance in my head or a counter fight like with my anxiety brain, <laughs> you know, it's like normally it always wins. But if I start throwing all these, uh, you know, living presently and, you know, being appreciative to uh, what I have now, it kind of shuts my brain down, shuts my brain up a little bit so I could actually appreciate the moment, you know? Yeah. I mean that, it does that for me too. Yeah. Alan Watts is always, he's like an immediate grounding force. I know. You know? And how he talks and like sometimes yeah. I really have bad anxiety or if I'm like really just like not being able to like love myself in the moment, I'll put on Alan Watts and he'll slap me out of it. <laughs> it's not just the words. Like, well, you're a musician. So you hear, you know, like you're right. I mean, something about the cadence and the voice is. Mm -hmm calming in 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 almost like a musical way right with alan watts i feel right and like yeah exactly I and mean, it's the same thing that a song does or a songwriter does you know or a comedian does or, or a speaker does it's all about the beats so your brain could understand what they're talking about you know if you just you know he's passionate and he's smart and uh yeah, Alan's taught me so much. I try to send it to my parents who are just like neurotic Jews and they're like, I don't get it. But <laughs> I'm proud of you that you found something that <laughs> makes you happy, you know. You uh I know you do that kind of for people, you know, on your on your social media, you do these little sort of inspirational things. Cause yeah, I'm yeah. A, I'm an Andy Frasco's world saving podcast fan. I'm an Andy Frasco it. in the UN fan. So I I know what's going on over there for the Man, most part. Dude. Thank you, homie. Those motivational things you do, which are like, you know, they're fun, like funny, because I know you enjoy comedy and stuff like that. But also at the heart of it, I feel like you do have like a strong passion for just inspiring people yeah. to just, you know, have a good day, you know, at the totally. most basic level. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'm not the greatest musician. I'm not the greatest singer, soloist or whatever. I'm not, that's not me, but I feel like the way I connect to music is through my words and I want people, that's my goal in life is like, I'm happy when I can make others happy. And, you know, it's, you know, I love the idea that I could, you know, help people through my hangovers <laughs> on Monday mornings, you know, like, cause I'm, I need the advice too. You know, I wake up, I abuse my body, especially when it comes to Sunday. I've been trying not to drink as much during the week. Um, but when I'm on tour, that doesn't help happen. And, but, you know, now that we're doing like Weekend Warrior, I have to, I feel like I have to play catch up. So I just drink my ass off all weekend and then I'm depleted on Monday and I'm like basically pumping myself up like, hey, bro, you still have a job to do. And if I could uh, <laughs> help people through my um, anxiety, because it helps me too to wake, everyone needs to, you know, look themselves in the mirror sometimes and say, you're not a piece of, you just have a, uh, chemical imbalance right now 
<laughs> you know, so that's what my goal to, you know, show people that I'm dealing with this anxiety too, but that's not going to stop me from trying to fulfill my dreams, you know? Yeah. I go on these, uh, and people listening to the show know, I'll go on these sort of mini rants on my podcast. And, and I always say, or I try to remember, say, this is, it's always just really a reminder for me <laughs> also. Yeah. You know right. exactly, <laughs> and uh, you know it's, it's not it's not preach. It's like you know it helps me, and then and then you know I finish or whatever, and then I look around and like, oh, I'm just in this room by myself. Bro, <laughs> oh, I'm the same way. During the quarantine, I was doing those dance parties and those live streams, and I'd like work up a sweat, pumping people up, t- you know, drinking, and then I put and when the show's done or the stream's done, I turn my laptop off. And it's like pitch quiet in my yeah. house and yeah. I'm breathing heavy. I'm like, God damn it. I feel like a crazy person. But at the end of the day, I feel, you know, I feel full again. You know, even it's like, you know, they, they say like, oh, it's so selfless, but it isn't. It's I'm helping myself as much as I'm helping other people as well. For sure. So I worked as a tour manager for this band, Matt and Kim. I don't, I don't know if you know who they are. They're like a two-piece. Love Matt and Kim. I used to work at drive Through Records. Really? Yeah, and we used to Matt and Kim used to play the Warp Tour and they I think they used to do the drive way back in the day used they played the drive-through stage. And uh dude, one of your songs dancing around my grave which is getting pretty awesome airplay I think yeah, right now. I mean you're awesome. over like almost a million streams on that song I think. Right yeah, it's now killer. Yeah, it's this, it's the biggest song I've ever had. It's pretty cool. Congratulations on that. Well, and when I was on tour with them, they were touring this record Grand, so this is like way back in the day, but they have a song on that called Spare Change and I saw like some similarities in not the songs because they're different, but just the 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 sort of the rhythm of the song and the clapping and some of the call and response type of stuff. Yeah, I was just wondering if you were a fan a fan of theirs. You know? Yeah, I was a fan of all those type of bands growing up. The format, I loved the format. I loved Mad Kim. I loved um, Straylight Run, who used to tour with Mad Kim a lot. I mean, I grew up as an emo kid, so I loved I loved the four on the floor and the clapping and the you know, let's all pretend we're Amish for four and a half minutes or something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How has your songwriting changed on this record? wash rinse repeat and i like let's get down the business was one as i'm like oh this is this is like andrew andy's country song this is this is cool yeah. he's just like he's going full country here without the full country you know yeah jewgrass call it. and and dreams which is like it, it's just some different types of songs on here but when it ultimately it comes back to the songwriting right and i'm just wondering like how that how that looks for you right now songwriting um I'm just getting comfortable with having my own voice. So when I wrote this record in three weeks, like 21 days, we I wrote a song a day. And this is the first record I did without my band there. So I could, you know, we're all in quarantine. Everyone lives in different places. So I, um, I was like, this is my opportunity to write with all my favorite songwriters and, you know, and, you know, f- travel because no one was traveling. So it felt like I was like, a man on an island on all these planes and stuff. I'm like, damn, I've gone COVID like four or five times, but like when it goes through your system, I mean, I got a couple months. I'm like, okay, I could travel again. And um, so I started writing with all these different musicians. Um, 
one dancing around my grave was with um, Susto, this guy out of Charleston and uh, Doom Flamingo. And then I went to Nashville and wrote with 15 songwriters. I was in these sessions where it was like three songwriters and me every two hours and we had to complete a song. So I was like, really, when I make a task for myself, I'm like, I'm not going to finish. I'm going to stay up. I'm going to do everything I can to get this, you know, this task done. And I wrote, I don't know, 15 songs in the matter of uh, 21 days and I'd record them. If I liked the song, I'd record them the next day. And uh, it was just a great experience of just trusting the work you've done in the past, trusting yourself and knowing that you could be a voice with all these big time songwriters. And it just gave me the confidence, like, eh, let's try to write a country song today. I'll write a song about a hooker called Get Down to Business. And, uh, you know, let's make it a feel like a traditional country song, but make it a curveball saying, actually, I, f- I fell in love with a hooker. Or like Dreams is like, I was, you know, I wanted to write a song kind of like Some Days, my other song, but I wanted to write it about instead of the, the, the pessimism of Some Days You're Going to Be Low is... I wanted to write an optimistic song about how important dreams are. And if I didn't have dreams, I wouldn't be here right now. You know? So I just, I, I'm better with words and I'm better, you know, like I could definitely like write a chorus chord progression wise and stuff, but it just made me realize that's how important words are in songs, you know? Cause you could every, you know, listen to all these country acts and they're all the same three or four chords you know, and it's cool. I like the. I realized all every song I like on my Spotify playlist has the same chord progression. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I got to stop overthinking music and just do what I like to do, and and that's what how Wash, Rinse, Repeat came out. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. Recently, I went out for tacos, and it wasn't even Friday. Yes, we have Taco Friday in Norway, not Taco Tuesday. Well, more importantly, I could have earned rewards for every scrumptious bite of those chorizo soft shells. Introducing the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points when you go out for dining or order takeout and restaurant delivery, including tacos. Plus, you can earn two times points when you shop for or order your groceries, two times points when you need to fill up or charge up at gas stations and EV charging stations. You're even rewarded with two times points just for your favorite streaming services. Go to usbank.com slash altitude. Go! To learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Win big with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash Altitude Go to apply. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. This episode of Zero to Travel is presented by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. From muddy jungle paths and snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has the capability to take you to some of the most epic destinations on Earth. We're excited to partner with Nissan because our listeners know we love to celebrate the joy of exploring the world and finding the best off-the-beaten-path destinations to visit. And there's no better vehicle for that than the 2024 Nissan 
Pathfinder. With seven drive modes, the Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys, and it even has the best towing capacity in its class, up to 6,000 pounds, so you can bring the fun with you. But Nissan also knows that it's not just about where you go. In a Pathfinder, the real fun comes from getting there, and that's something we love celebrating here on the Zero to Travel podcast. We believe that life is about finding that joy within the journey itself, and that's why We're thrilled to partner with Nissan to celebrate adventurers everywhere. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode of Zero to Travel and for the reminder to chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Now let's get back to the show. When you go into a room with these songwriters or whatever you mentioned, kind of like maybe some of the... The self-talk, like, I, I feel like we all deal with imposter syndrome on totally. some level, right? Like, if you, if you say you don't. Yeah, and like, yeah, you're just, you're, you know, you're, you might be a narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Or you're just like, yeah, fa- I mean, fake it till you make it is a real thing because everybody feels like they're faking it most of the time, I think, right? So, like, how do you manage that? The, like, in those situations, say, like, with this record and you're, and you're going in and there's, because I think there's a difference between well, maybe there's not, you know, you say, well, you know, you get a certain task done, but like si- sitting down and saying, okay, well, I'm going to knock out these, you know, 40 emails or whatever is different than like saying, I'm going to finish a song today because it's a total creative endeavor. Right. But yet putting a, putting a cap on that is, can be a really good thing for actually finishing stuff. Right. Yeah, totally. You know, like that, you know, like my, I think the difference between how I used to approach things was my whole life, I faked it till I made it. <laughs> and like everything I did, I was just bullshitting my way through life to get to where I needed to go. And then I took a, and then I finally reached the point in my life where like, I don't need to fake this anymore. I am this, you know, it's like, it was like the, the switch in my brain. And once I realized that, do you believe in like vessel, oh, uh, like vessels? Like if, for to get knowledge in yourself, sometimes we're closed. But when when we just open up, I call it the vessel, and let the universe and everyone, whoever it is, it could be a friend, just give you all this information. You're not just shut, shutting down the information because of your ego or because you don't want it to hurt your dreams or whatever. You just like let a flow of information come in and out of you. I feel like we work better. Do you agree yes. on that? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yes, is it being um, present? The vessel thing or? Yeah. I don't know what it is. Even talking about it gives like, I'm literally getting goosebumps up my spine right now. I know that sounds like I'm not trying to get woo woo. I know you're in Colorado. So you're used to the woo woo thing. Right? I'm in, but, I'm in that hippy dippy dog. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, but like seriously, man, because it's, it is the foundation of like the best stuff that I do. I feel, you know, when you can really stand in the fact that you don't believe it's coming, you know, you, not, not don't believe, but you know, it's not really coming, it's coming through you, but it's not really you. And you're, and you're able to like, not take credit for it. Like, Oh, look at, look at this smart hook I just came up with, you know, or this amazing core, whatever it is, this songwriting or podcasting or whatever. And you just realize it's, it's something else coming through and you're just sort of facilitating uh, it's just so much easier, first of all, because it's like takes pressure off of yourself, right? Exactly. It's like you feel free, you feel light. It opens up new creative avenues, I think, too. Totally. Because you're 
open to new ideas. You're not just stuck in your own way. You know, like we, I think the hardest part about living is getting out of your own way. And once we take that out of our, you know, mind state that, all right, the only way I'm going to sabotage this is if I do it myself. And if I listen to it, if I listen to everything around me and take in all the knowledge everyone tells me, then I make an assessment. Then I'm, I'm learning, one, all these different opinions. I'm listening, which is important in life. And then I could assess and make my own opinion instead of shooing everyone away and like, oh, I don't know anything, but this is my answer. You know, I do that a lot sometimes. I, I get in fights with my managers a bunch because I'm stubborn and, you know, it's fine. I get stubborn, but I, I got to realize that the reason why I hire them is because I have to value their opinion as well. <laughs> like, why am I paying 15% if I don't listen to them? You know, <laughs> it's silly. Well, that's everything in life, you know, love, like why you, you know, this is my first time having a relationship and not being selfish, you know, for the first time in my life and not just think about myself. I'm thinking about other people now, you know, it's like, cause it's an open vessel, you know, you're getting information like, ah, oh, she's like, I might don't feel like, um, I didn't like how you said that. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll work on that. Versus before it's like, no, I'm going to be me. I don't get anywhere. Nothing, I mean, you know? Yes, that's true. Uh, is there some element of being an artist, though, that that is kind of standing in some of that who you are, too? Right. Exactly. And it's like, it's a counter, it's like, um, it's a push and pull because I wouldn't be where I am now if I wasn't completely shooting from the hip on everything I say or shooting from the hip from everything I do, you know? So it is. it is a point of, you know, it's like you can't be, you can't block your stream of thought as an artist because that's why you're an artist. But also you need to like, um, you know, just dial in how you're going to say, approach something. Like, I'm not going to get vulgar anymore like I used to. But part of that's, I guess, just getting older too. And right. maybe just cultivating an awareness around certain aspects of how what you say or what you do may might affect other people. Totally. And some people get older and don't real don't even learn that. I look at my like parents generation of people who um who it's hard for them to like adapt into a new way of thinking. They didn't train their brain in the beginning to be open-minded to different opinions. I try to fight against that. I try to remember that exact thing because when and and inevitably I can see how it happens, right? Cuz I grew up without a smartphone and all that kind of stuff because I'm from yeah. Gen X. So, you know, I'll get into the crotchety, uh, you know, these smartphones are ruining, you know, this, you know, the social media thing. And I'm, I'm that guy now, you know? And I'm like, am I that guy? Am I the, am I the older generation guy now that's just finding fault in things or is it legitimate, you know? And then it's like, okay, well, is what the older generation saying about some things I'm sure some of it's legitimate too, you know? Right. Yeah, <laughs> totally. You know, it's like, it is like, well, that's that thing of like listening and having your own opinion on it instead of just shooing it down. I, I mean, I was at this point where I was just getting jealous of all my friends who were getting more successful. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, and my ego was saying their music is not good when really it's not the music. It's just you, you are in denial that... Um, 
you're not where you want to be at that right time. So we're going to blame everything else. <laughs> like, you know, that guy's hair, he should have kept it long or, or that mute, what, what is dubstep? You know, f- why is this so popular? Like, it's like, those are all just your ego trying to protect you. <laughs> but then you look back on it like, damn, I was a piece of to my friend who's art. That was their, their art, you know? Right. Yeah. So, well, I mean, how do you avoid the comparison trap thing? Pra- do you do just, practical things to, to actually? Yeah, or, yeah. I don't, I try not to judge myself, you know, judge my work or how my, where I'm at in my career with other people's careers. Cause everyone has their own life, you know, it's like, I'm not going to judge my relationship with my person versus the relationship my band member has with their wife. You know, I used to do that and it didn't get me anywhere because we're two completely different people who need two completely different things, you know? So I try to shoo that away, but it's so hard, dude. I could say like, I'm a master at it, but I'm not. I struggle with it all the goddamn time. I've, you know, you look at your phone, social media, and you're just judging yourself with everyone else's fake happiness. You know, doesn't help. It's so in your face. Yeah, it's in you your know? face to be insecure now. That's true. all the time. That's why I appreciate. You. I'm gonna clap it up for Gen X. All right. Let's go. <laughs> Bringing his own sound effects to the podcast. I love it. <laughs> One podcaster to another, big dog. <laughs> yeah, wh- now, why is Gen X getting the, the round of applause just for uh, trying to avoid I this think, stuff? <laughs> I don't know, because I grew up with a phone in my hand my whole life. So you could like disconnect from it. And I'm in that middle area. I'm 34. So like I kind of got into it in middle school. But then I think of the other generations who had it since they were four. Who was like raised on watching YouTube videos at two two? I look at my niece who is so good at a phone, and my and she's four years old, five years old. I'm like, and she's zooming in on my photo and texting it to me and like, look at your face, you weirdo. Like, like, how do you know all this? You know, like it's insane. Yeah, I have a four, almost four and six year old, and I, I mean, we're pretty strict. Like, they don't have phones or look at phones or anything like that. I'm a little bit of TV here and there, but I'm like of the mentality of, well, people say, I think it's an excuse sometimes where it's like, okay, well, you know, they have, you know, it's a world of technology. So you have to learn these things and it's really important for their future and all that. It's like, you can learn how to use an iPad in like 20 minutes, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like click this button. Here's how you download a thing. No problem. Yeah. So let's just wait as long as possible to get into that world because do we really need to be in it right now, you know? Yeah, especially in the beginning developments of a kid's brain, you know? You You want them to know that there's a world outside of your phone. There's a world outside of the opinions that people are making from their parents' basement about you, you know? I was like, I always used to get offended by trolls, but now I'm like... You know, I'll need to have them consume my energy because they are insecure about their own being, you know? And that's why it's like, I have to get off the phone. Like I was looking at my phone. The, 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 The best and worst thing that's ever happened to these iPhones is showing you your phone time or your like screen time. Yeah. It's like, I'm disgusted with myself sometimes. I'm like, I spent that much time on Instagram. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> well, what do you think about the 
like the whole cell phones at the shows thing? Um, I like it, but I also it keeps everyone out of the moment when they're just like, is it happening know. a lot? It, does it happen a lot? Our show doesn't really happen that much because I've I'll like get at it. no, we're we're in this moment, you know, but I'll I'll look at like like concerts of like um really famous pop stars and like all these kids are just holding their phones up and not even watching the show. They're watching it from their screen, you know? When like you're here, you're at the show. <laughs> yeah. It's right. they're more important, it's more important for people for other people to know you're at the show than for you to enjoy the show. <laughs> this society is so weird now. It's like, they have this idea like, oh, if you don't post about it, it didn't happen. I'm like, no, you went there. You know it happened. You don't need to brag about things you do. You know, I say that, then I do it all the time. You know, I'm still learning <laughs> too, but like I'm one of those kids who had a phone. I, I was taught that the only way to be accepted is to have someone press a heart sign, you know? It's insane. It's sad. And it, I know it's worse for kids. I watched that movie, Social Dilemma. You watched that? Yeah, yeah. It was scary. How our kids are, I don't have kids. Not gonna, I hope I don't. But um, how kids, you know, are like being so, are, are way more insecure than they used to be because of a stranger telling them that they got pimples on their face. It's like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Especially teenagers who, it's not the same brain as the adult brain, right? So there there are so many, I mean, I know this isn't a political podcast or whatever, you know, we're not getting into that kind of stuff, but social media and all that, it's a, it's a big part of the job, I feel, as an artist for you. Uh, but that's one thing I really appreciate about you having the podcast is because there is a choice, right? I mean, a podcast is a ton of work, as you know, but you know, that's a way where like people can really get to know you without the, just the sort of this, you know, short clips on whatever. Totally. And like, you know, like the long form of conversation, we, we're missing that, you know, everyone, we're such ADD culture, like, like albums now. How long do people remember that a band made an album? Like an hour, a piece of music, like a minute. Like, yeah, I already see my Spotify numbers going down. It's only, the records have been off a month, only been out a month. So it's like our ADD brains, because we're so fascinated with 15 second clips of everything that everyone's putting out singles and everyone's putting out, you know, one minute. If you're not putting out content all the time, you're getting forgotten. And we need to bring back that long form conversation, you know, because I see like kids don't listen to podcasts as much, you know. Right. It's so weird. There was a band, I can't remember the name of them. I read about them like a few weeks ago and they, they put an album out that was like, it was like a thousand songs that were under, what's the spot? There's an algorithm on Spotify where, yeah. you know, it counts as a stream if you get past 20 like, seconds or 30 yeah, seconds. Yeah, whatever it is. So all of their songs were like one second longer than that or something. <laughs> And oh gosh, I wish I could. I'll, I'll have to like look it up and find it. This is when you need like the producer to come. Hey, hey, whatever, so and so, you know. Except I'm just yeah. a guy in my bedroom <laughs> <No>. <laughs> or my office, my office my at home, room, you know. Yeah, yeah I did. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting idea because it's it's just a different way to to kind of get attention around the issue, which was okay. Well, 
this is all based around an algorithm now. So we're just going to do this to get around your algorithm. You know that band Wolfpack? No. There's this band Wolfpack who put out a sleeping record where it's silent. Oh, really? (laughs) And they told their fans to just put it on repeat while they sleep. And they got in the tr- they got in the charts. They they made like this is before when Spotify found out about these guys were making like you know hundred k on royalties. It's like all it is is tricking the algorithm. I mean, you can see that with your post too. When you make a post about a dog or smiling and stuff, it goes to the front of the list versus when you're talking about the government or talking about you know getting naked. It goes down to the bottom of the reach. I mean, what about all that as it relates to art? You know, because on one hand, you could look at, there's something with like, say Twitter, for example, where you're limited by a certain number of characters and sometimes the the limitations can be fuel for the art in some ways, right? If you want to call tweet art or like whatever, like you go in and you, you're spending three hours writing a song and you're like, all right, well, here's the limitation we have. We have to finish the song in three hours. So what's going to come out of that session is unique to that session because of your mood and who was in the room and the time constraint and that like time constraint thing is a part of it. And you could look at an algorithm like we're talking about as some kind of either constraint or just another sort of thing. And if you're creating art with the algorithm in mind, whether it's an article or a song or whatever, it's, it's now a part of the art right? in some way. In that pop music, you know, like the people signing, we're we're just like chasing the rabbit's tail of like, you know, when a major label buys or signs new bands, they sign a band that sounds like the band that's popular right now. And the time that record comes out, that band gets put on the shelf because there's already some new thing that SoundCloud found that, you know, it's like a, it's a rabbit's tail. Like what, if we're worried about, if we do... I mean, it's a double-edged sword because you have to because nowadays the only way to promote music or promote anything is through social media. So you have to play ball. But is it, yeah, you're right. Is it devaluing the art that you're doing? I think so. Because you're not being, what is art? The individual expression of yourself, you know? Yeah. If you're not. You could say, you know, with this album, you could say that, well, I wanted to ask you about the album thing because like you said, if you're looking at it from an algorithm standpoint, like it probably makes more sense just to release singles and to just, you know, release them periodically and there's always fresh music, but you chose to release an album, which is, you could argue it's an archaic, (laughs) I'm using air quotes, art form in some ways. Like it's a dying art yet. I think for the people that like, like music in a certain way or maybe it's a certain era or whatever i don't know i still appreciate an album what an album in terms of this how the songs were chosen in that order like why you know how it flows and the whole yeah what do you i mean what do you think about that because you could have done the algorithm thing but instead you did the album thing which i has you know i did a hybrid of both like i i released six singles throughout the year and then released the other five on the album. And that's what a lot of bands are doing right now. And it helps, but it also like, uh, it, it, it puts you at, like I, I think of guys like Kendrick Lamar and I think of guys like, um, 
you know, the, who don't put anything out for five years, and then they just on a, a random Tuesday they say, "All right, the album's coming out." No promotion. <laughs> I'm like, I, that's my dream, dude. <laughs> like, right you, you don't know, have to come just, on podcasts like this and talk to morons like me you can just sit back <laughs> <laughs> well like you know you can control your own narrative if you you know and i do agree like i love records you know the art of a record and list going you know when it when it releases and going home and putting it on and just like just listening to someone's whole art. Now it's like, if you don't like the first 10 seconds of that song, you're going, you're turning right, you know? <laughs> I know, but even as a consumer, do you have the patience for that anymore to just sit no. back in? <laughs> like 14 songs? You crazy? I got time. I got yelled at because my podcasts are too long. <laughs> I'm like, they're like only like an hour and 30. The people who are trying to buy, you know, we're trying to get it sold. So it's like, the art of long form conversation is important. If it's in through a record, if it's through a podcast or slash conversation, if it's through an hour comedy special, I feel like it sometimes takes time to get to the point and we need to be patient. You know, we can't just get all the information right away. And then what are we going to fight for? Yeah. By the way, that album I referenced was by a band called The Pocket Gods, and it was called 1,000 Times 30, Nobody Makes Money Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it was that's a, a thousand name. The Pocket Gods? Yeah, it was a thousand uh, 30 <laughs> second, like a little over 30 second songs, I guess. Did they, yeah. did they make a bunch of money on it? Uh, that I don't know. You should have the pocket gods on your podcast and ask. I'm about, them about to, it. man. That's smart. <laughs> <laughs> pocket gods. Go. That's a great name. The Isn't pocket it? gods. On the travel side, do you like? Do you still get stoked to go on tour? Like for the travel part of it, or is it just like you've kind of been around so much? It's more just like the entire tour experience. You know. No, I love traveling. I get yeah. anxious when I'm here. When I'm in Denver too long, you know. You have a home base I, there, right? Like you. you I, have I just I moved here like two and a half years ago, and um. I love it here. Don't get me wrong, but like my DNA is to be out there, be out in the streets, finding the local coffee shop, going, renting a bike or walking around the city that I haven't seen. You know, that's why I love Europe so much because I feel like, I feel like it's like in a time warp or something, you know, I don't really get to do that as much in Kansas. You know, I'm not really eager to go go see the main streets of Topeka, Kansas, but I'll go out, you know, if it's a fun city. I love, I love going to new stuff. Like I'm always, I'm into, I want to see every inch of this world. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I still love it. I still love going driving, you know, like we're, you know, there's talks of us, you know, of like the idea of getting a tour bus and, and driving through and having a driver drive us through the night. And, um, I'm like, I like that idea, but also I'd rather be on the road driving. I drive a lot in the band, me and my tour manager, Bo, and I just love seeing the world, you know, and it fills up your time. Like, I don't know about you. You like road trips? Yeah. Who doesn't like a good road trip, man? I mean, I know. well, some people hate being in a van. <laughs> no, I love road trips. It's one of my favorite ways of traveling for sure. Overland, like trains. Yeah. Cars, trains. You know. Seeing the you ever slept change. in a train? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's my dream. I want to do that. There are some great articles out there on um, some of like the 
just some of the iconic train trips that are like multi-day now because trains are you know with global warming and all uh, these overnight they're bringing back some routes and there's a lot of uh stuff going on in the world of trains where they're where they're opening up more routes and like sleeping compartments and overnight like multi-day things and stuff it's cool i have like a whole list of different (laughs) train rides i want to do man yeah send it to me because like i did i did one train ride we were we played in switzerland and we they did we did uh a train to get we played in Zermatt, Switzerland, and like we had to get there from like Germany, and we took a train there, and it was the best time ever. And it's like you see all the mountain views, and you really feel like I'm in a Wes Anderson film or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, love it, dude. Well, my first solo backpacking trip was around Europe, and I think that was one of the things that made me fall in love with Europe because you take it was all like the Eurail train thing you just have a train pass and you can get on you're just like I'm done with this town you get on the train and you just go to the next town or whatever and you get off and most of the time I'd say I think if not all the time at least the cities I went you get dropped off right in the middle of the city right and you can just grab a map or whatever and this was old school right walk to wherever you know you didn't really need a car that was one of the th- reasons why, because I used to live in Boulder, Colorado, and I was just like, I'm not, once I'm done being a nomad and touring and all, I want to live somewhere where I don't have to get into a car all the time to do stuff. I want to be able to ride a bike or like walk somewhere, you know? And America, there's not a lot of, I mean, you're from like the LA area, right? That's the yeah, where example. I lived in a car. I think that's where my depression started because yeah. I'm driving by myself all the time just with your thoughts or stuck in an hour traffic to go 10 miles. Like I'd rather be on a train, you know, be be like in my thoughts with a bunch of people around me, you know, <laughs> just, it just feels better. I, I, I totally agree on that. Like, that's one thing I love. I, you know, it, you, you talk about the free, it's freedom traveling, right? That's why I became a musician. I didn't, I didn't, the, re- the first reasons why I came into music because that was the only job where you could travel every day. And I love just being, having this, you know, nowadays I have a way more tight squ- schedule than we used to. We used to just have like two or three, you know, I'd stay on the road for 300 days a year because I'd never, cause I was too cheap to rent a house or anything in the town. I would just stay on the road. And if I didn't have, because I had to book the band for the first seven years. I was like, some weeks I've stay on the road. Like, well, you only have shows Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So what are you going to do uh, Sunday through Wednesday? We're going to find shows. We're going to go to a different town and just cold call all these venues and play shows, you know? <laughs> so it's like the idea, it's like, it's the freedom that traveling brings that makes me the happiest. You know, I don't, I was getting sad when I was like just doing shows from a house. You know, I liked it for a second, but like I, the reason why I'm performing is so I could go see new new things and go talk to people with weird accents and you know, smoke cigarettes with, you know, Luis, the bartender of in you know, prowling Germany, you know, don't speak any English and we just stare at each other. I love that. That's some good songwriting fodder right there, you know? Man. All the characters you meet and... Seriously. And it makes you feel like you're... I mean, it's amazing to feel like you're not alone. Like, 
all right, we don't speak the same language, but we understand each other. And that's what's beautiful about traveling is like getting out of your bubble. We're all the same insecurities. We're all the same, you know, just people, you know, people um, either rip off the Band-Aid and let it ride or let it go, you know? Do you have uh, like a few tour highlights for you when you see them on the schedule? You're just like, oh, yeah, we're going to have dinner at that place or... You know, this, yeah, I can't wait to get back there because of X, Y, and Z or, yeah. What, what are some of your... Berlin. It's yeah. my favorite city of all really? time. Yeah, okay. um, Bomberg, Germany. I love Bomberg. Utrecht, Netherlands. I love Utrecht. All European yeah. cities. Yeah, man. I'm, I don't know. I think I was like, I don't know. I like the idea of biking. Like you, you nailed on the head. I like that idea of like people biking and like wearing hip dresses. And if they want to have a beer for lunch, they have a beer. No one's judging you. If you want to have a coffee after dinner, a f- espresso, no one's judging you. You know, <laughs> like I yeah. love that. Yeah. New York kind of has that vibe. I love New York. You know, the idea of just like not needing a car. And then like there's a couple uh towns like I love New Orleans but it'll kill me, you know, like that's too much drinking for me and I'm an addict. So it's like, it just, I can't do that as much anymore. And, um, and then there's like tans like Charleston, South Carolina, which I love. Have you ever been there? No, I actually have never been there. That's, Oh, it's amazing, man. It's like, it's got a little bit of, it's got a little bit of beach town. It's also got a little bit of big city vibes and it's got that Southern hospitality. I love the South, you know, Mm. waffle house, man. I love it. I'm telling you, man. There's something in here. <laughs> they don't have. Yeah, I feel bad for y'all. Y'all don't have grits. <laughs> <laughs> you got buttery waffles, no grits. I wanted to ask you, how has it been to interview some of your athlete heroes too? Like you had Ricky Williams on your podcast, oh, and Tony Hawk, which I was like jealous of that one. I was like, you know, speaking of like comparison, and I was like, oh man. I, man, can I get Tony Hawk on my show? That's cool. Uh, Cause I grew up skateboarding and all, you know, during oh, that era. Sick. So yeah. How's that been for you? Just like interviewing some of those people outside of the music world. I love it. I mean, I grew, I never, like when I was a kid, all I cared about was sports and athletes. And I, and I still like how I, my mentality on how I approach music is Phil Jackson and Kobe Bryant, this aggressiveness. And I know it makes me feel like a psychopath because music isn't supposed to be competitive, but like I was trained by the guys who just worked nonstop, the Ricky Williams of the world, the, you know, Tony Hawks, the Kobe Bryant's, the Phil Jackson's, the Joe Montana's, you know, those guys who just had great work ethic and, I think athletes have the hardest work ethic out of anyone because it takes, you know, it does take, it's only 1% of the music industry that makes it, but a lot of it is not, a a lot of it is kind of luck, but also talent. But being an athlete isn't luck. It is talent. You need to work and you need to nitpick every little minute detail to get, to get that, uh, you know, to get that contract. So it was, it was really cool to see the flaws of these athletes, like, and how they, um, use adversity to, uh, get them back. Like Ricky Williams, great example of that. Like he was, he's a little crazy, you know, he's a little, he's a little out there, but he's such a talent 
and he had a couple chances to get it fixed, and he did. And and now that he's out of the league, he's he's still completely himself, where he's like advocating weed and making like horoscope dating websites. I'm like, this is the same from 19 when we saw him play in Texas. You know, like this is the wild dude. I love that about those people, man. Yeah, I mean, you gotta have you know the respect for the people that just kind of always they're always themselves, you know, regardless of whatever institution they're in. And sometimes that doesn't always lead to the best things, right? Like, right. Well, it's like that idea of like, oh yeah, I forgot we're in a league where it's a family league. You know, (laughs) there's kids that watch me play. I can't be, you know, the problem with being a professional on 19 is you're still a kid when you're on the microscope and uh, you're supposed to be more of an adult you know, then really you are and you're getting $40 million. Like what have you, what what would you have done if you gotten $40 million at 19? Oh gosh. I don't even want to think about it really. <laughs> you know, insane, I, I don't, I don't know. I honestly, like that's hard to even comprehend that question. You know, it's crazy. I watched this documentary called broke. Have you seen that yet? No. These dudes, all these music or all these athletes who got like, $200 million contracts when they were 20 and spent all of it in like four yeah. years. You always wonder how that happens. How do you spend that much money? I guess you invest in businesses and they don't pan out and people or take buy cars for your friends and, you know, or invest in your homie's business that you know is not going to be a good business, but you want to support the homie. And all of a sudden your friends have bills and you know, you're trying to take care of a whole community. Because you're the only one who got out. If you were 19 and got $40 million, who, it's easy in hindsight to say, oh, I wouldn't do that. But, you know, things happen in real time. And <laughs> I mean, I'm a thousandaire and I spent all my money on my friends. <laughs> I'm 34 years old. <laughs> I'm not even a millionaire. <laughs> we'll be back in a moment. Would you love to have an incredible cup of coffee? every day. I've tried it all. I've done the pour over. I've done the French press, but I tasted an AeroPress coffee many years ago and immediately I was sold. I had to get one. AeroPress is a patented three-in-one brew technology. This combines the flavor benefits of espresso, pour over, and French press all into one compact portable device built for travel or home. I love things you can use in both places. This Device has over 55,000 five star reviews in over 60 countries. AeroPress is the best reviewed coffee press on the planet. I've owned one for so many years, I don't even remember how long it's been. And they are under 50 bucks. So they also make an exceptional gift thoughtful, proven, tasty, and travel oriented. Who wouldn't love that? Now, you get 20% off just for being a listener of this show at aeropress.com slash zero to travel. That's aeropress, A-E-R-O-P-R-E-S-S dot com slash zero to travel. That will save you 20% on checkout. Thanks to Aeropress for supporting today's show. Hey, it's Jason here. Did you know you are invited to join the first ever zero to travel community trip? Yes, we're planning a trip together. We're headed to Morocco November 30th through December 9th. And you can get all the details at zerototravel.com slash trip. It's open for booking now. We have 13 spots left at the time of this recording. And you have until the end of March to book. So if you're interested in traveling with an amazing community, this community, a small group of people, 
on an incredible journey through Morocco together with me. Sign up over there at zerototravel.com slash trip to get all the details. Thanks for listening and hope to see you there. Let's get back to the show. Can you name like a few albums that you can listen to all the way through? Like the magical, I don't have to skip any songs sort of. Um, John Craig, John Craigie, Capricorn and Retrograde is amazing. Um, Van Morrison, Days Like These, it's pretty good. Um, what other ones? Uh, I liked uh, Little Feet, uh, Wait on Columbus. It's fantastic. Um, what else? I, I actually, that's a good question because I did. Hold on, I I, I wrote this down. <laughs> did you nice <laughs> yeah i was like i was thinking about this like what records can i listen to non-stop hotel tv by lawrence is like newer bands is fantastic the format interventions and lullabies i could listen to that record that was like sixth grade me and i still think that hits hard um i like chance the rapper there's some chance the rapper records that i feel are dope oh wilson pickett hey jude that's the one. Wilson Pickett, Hey Jude is so good from front to back. Um, yeah, I love it. Nice. If you could write a best-selling book, what what would it be about? Um, that's a good question. If I could write a best-selling book, well, who, who's to saying it's a bestseller? <laughs> Just you know, it's a bestseller. Um, Sell a million copies. I don't know. I try to write a. I try to write a, a, a self-help travel book of how to survive on the road. I've always had like, you know, hundred bucks in my bank account and made a, a whole year tour work out. <laughs> Just going by your wits and, you know, and saying yes, you know, sleeping on people's couches, floors, eating bar food, you know, just saying yes. Did you get to the point ever where you didn't feel like, like, I'm actually going to run out of money now and and then it's going to be so long that I'm going to be hungry. I bought a tour bus, like a tour bus, like eight years ago. I didn't realize how expensive gas is and how expensive just fixing that is. And I really thought the band was over and I really thought this is it. I'm not, my parents won't lend me any more money. You know, no one's, no one's out here. You know, this is, this is my bed. And then, and never got to that point. I've never had a point where I r- ran out of money enough to um, make it work out. Because always, life always happens where, you know, and, and you know, maybe I, it's just my luck or very fortunate. But like always, like someone will throw me five grand or three grand or something. Always happens, you know. Because I feel like you know how much energy and stuff you put into the world and how much kindness you try to put into the world. I think karma brings it back. You know, if you so do you have a lot things, of trust in that, like you just trust it'll come back and, and you get taken, something will happen. Get you. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I don't even think of it as like you scratch my back. I scratch yours. It's more of like, I just trust life that if we all are good people, it's going to work itself out. And if you do and if you do things with the right intention and you don't do things out of just trying to make money or do things to just try to you know squeeze one out of somebody 
then I think, you know, the universe will take care of you when you need it to. You know, it's like that idea of, you know, you ever have your like soul talk to you? I think it's like an alien or something where it's like when you're feeling down, this guy, this soul only talks to you, doesn't talk to you all the time because normally it's like your brain talking to you, you're neurotic, you know? But like sometimes that he's like a really, my my, this, my alien, or I call it the alien. He's like really, he has a Southern draw. He's like, hello, what are you worried about? Everything's fine. You know, he doesn't show up. He doesn't show up every, he shows up like once every six months because he probably has to take care of, you know, a hundred other people. But <laughs> he's like, what's up? What's going on? How you doing? You know? Yeah. And then it talks me out of the ledge. And it always happens when I'm low, low, low about, you know, my, whatever it is, I've been dropped by five record labels and three booking agencies, four managers. Every time he'll come up, he'll come to me and just keep going. I'm like, okay. That's beautiful, man. That's, that's a beautiful thing to have in your life, you know? And that, and the fact that also you can listen to it, that sometimes that's the hard part. Yeah. yeah it goes back to the beginning of our conversation about open vessels. If you're yeah. not open for it to come in and talk to you, if you just shoo everything away, then it's never going to come. Yeah. We got to just be open to whatever comes in our world, and whatever comes out. Well, congrats on the new album. Wash, yeah. rinse, repeat. An album is a lot of work and getting another one out there, I'm sure feels awesome. Congrats on another podcast. A lot of podcasts are hard to do and i just want to say thank you for your service <laughs> and yeah we'll we'll have to link up to your website too andyfrasco.com and the uh andy frasco's world saving podcast of course if you're a podcast fan i i loved because when i read the uh description to your podcast i mean and join andy frasco as he travels around the world travel interviewing all sorts of folk about their diversion paths talk about the adventure in life and you know you know, funny enough, like two kind of two worlds with music and travel and all, but like a lot of, you know, very similar themes. And I mean, travel's built into to the music, I feel. Like yeah, I mean, what? Yeah, that's how it all started. We're traveling salesmen. <laughs> <laughs> we're Harold Hill up in this bar. Going from town to town, selling the tonic. <laughs> yeah, we're selling instruments to kids or what's that uh, Derek Zoolander the kids that don't read good <laughs> yeah <laughs> well thanks man keep on good luck with the festivals and thanks bro you know all the podcast stuff going on with that at the same time which I can only imagine that's man that's a lot to like play the gigs and do the thing and also do the podcast thing at the same time yeah. you, you're a hard worker man you deserve well, it all I appreciate it Thanks, you know? Jace. Um, you know, um, I think we should do this once a year, bud. Let's just uh, keep the pop. in. Count me in, All man. Right, and uh, if you want to promote anything else here, am I missing anything or? Um, just uh, just uh, keep keep being authentically yourself. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks, man. <laughs> hey, bro. Appreciate you. it want to thank andy frasco for stopping by the show of course if you like music you might want to check out that new album and his podcast i'll link to all of those in the show notes and per the usual with andy get into a lot of topics and i think that uh, creativity and 
you know, being a vessel and some of the stuff that we talked about, that is, that is an important part of it for me. And I'm, I'm not sure what your approach is, but it is a, it feels like a very communal thing creating, creating this podcast is communal in the sense that I feel like I'm co-creating it with you in, in, in many ways, right? I'm, I'm trying to hear your feedback. I'm trying to make the shows that, that you want to hear. I'm really trying to stay tuned into what people enjoy, what people like. And on another level, just uh, that idea of being the vessel is, you know, I, I really try as much as I can to open myself up in that way, whether it's looking for guests or just coming up with content ideas. I just try to, I don't know, I try to let the feeling guide me a bit. And it's a good way to create, as we talked about. I do feel like it takes the pressure off. And I don't know, creativity, deep topic, of course, there are probably entire podcasts on it. And it's always cool to bring on somebody who has found a way to make a living on their creativity or their art and you know, get a little deeper on some of the struggles around that, some of the things that come up. And I think that a lot of those themes are universal, no matter if we're making a living from our art or if we are working at a company and a business, you know, we can all get imposter syndrome. Uh, we can all feel like we're faking it <laughs> until we make it in all of those settings. So these these universal themes that, that come up here, I, I just love that they kind of transcend uh, different careers and they can kind of encapsulate all, all different types of, of careers. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but it was fun to have a discussion on, on some of these themes. And one of the empowering mindsets this reminded me of, this is what I alluded to at the top of the show, I mentioned being a tour manager for Matt and Kim, and I remember this was the first time I, I feel like I really got a, a deep dive a, as being a part of something that felt very much like a, a DIY mindset, this do-it-yourself mindset. There was a, a certain pride even around it. I remember when we were gearing up to go on tour, and their friend Nick was in his loft in Brooklyn, we went over there because he was over there making the backdrop for the stage. It wasn't getting professionally fabricated anywhere. He was literally like building and hand painting these these backdrops that we were going to tour with and it was going to be part of the stage set. <laughs> and I just remember thinking, wow, this is this is embracing that DIY mindset. Like, hey, we, we're just going to do this ourselves. We don't need to spend you know, a million dollars or whatever a stage set can cost depending on, <laughs> can cost a lot of different things depending on what you're building. But we don't need to spend a lot of money to build our stage set. We're going to do it. We're going to do it ourselves. And when I hear Andy's story and I know, you know, traveling around in the van all those years and making his music and kind of making it happen and only having a hundred dollars in his bank account <laughs> at various times for so long, you know, not trying to glorify the, the starving artist thing, but embracing that DIY mindset, I think in many ways can, it is empowering because it can allow us to put things out there and also give ourselves permission to be like, okay, hey, maybe I can't afford to have this thing professionally built or whatever the case is, but I can do it myself. I can do a version of that and I can do the best I can and just get it out there. I mean, that's how this podcast started. I remember the first thing I recorded was awful. I even had the wrong microphone and everything. And I had to re-record and, you know, listening to the earlier interviews, hopefully I've improved. But that's just the way things start, 
right? You kind of put it together. You did the best you can. And I think uh, it was a reminder of just, you give yourself permission to kind of just do the thing that you want to do and put the thing out. And in the beginning, you can do it all yourself. I remember Matt and Kim talking about uh, they would, uh, on their first CDs, they would take a coffee cup because they had a coffee uh, cup stain on the CDs and they were literally in their apartment burning CDs and just making an individual coffee cup stain on each CD. These small things like this that matter to, to, to them and to their art or whatever it is that matters to you and we can do it and we can do it for not a lot of money and we can still get our stuff out there and and we can have that DIY mentality. It is an empowering mindset. doesn't mean you don't want to kick things up a notch at some point, do some things professional, things change, but for getting things out there, giving yourself permission to do it, to get it out there, embracing that DIY mentality, which it can almost be a little bit of a hustle like a, hey, you know, I'm doing this myself even though people say I can't or I shouldn't or it's not the way uh, it, can, it can be done, but I'm going to do it myself and I'm going to figure it out. It may be a bit of a hustle mentality, but depending on how you embrace that DIY mindset, I do think it can be empowering to getting your stuff out there. So for what it's worth, just wanted to share some thoughts on that before I let you go. And now I'll leave you with a quote. I'm going to pull it out of the old quote drawer. You know, I have some various past days from my Wisdom of the East calendar, which I read every morning. And I stick some of the ones that I like into my drawer. And now I'm just going to pull one out and see what happens. This one is from Shang Yen, who said, If moment by moment you can keep your mind clear, then nothing will confuse you. Well, I'm still quite often confused, so I'll have to meditate on that one. In the meantime, thanks for listening, truly. Thanks for being part of this community. means means... Uh, means so much because I make this show for you. So really, thank you so very much from the bottom of my heart for being here today. Have a wonderful day and a wonderful rest of your day, I should say. And I'll see you next week. Peace and love to you and yours. This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality. 